Hello and welcome back to the Jens Lens. It's your host Ryan Kim, and today I'm super excited to be interviewing Catherine Solomon, someone who works for Arlo Hotels. The episode was super fun to record, and I had a great time. Please make sure to like, follow, and share for more. you could introduce yourself and uh, your background in the industry. I know uh, you um, work for Arlo Hotels and you're in the hospitality industry. Yeah. So, you know, when I was younger, graduating high school, I had no idea really what field of work I wanted to get into. And I knew I loved people and um, I love traveling, but I never knew that you know, hospitality management was a course of study that was available. At least it wasn't available in my hometown of Montreal. Mm-hmm. But in speaking with a friend of mine, her sister was studying hotel management in Florida. And so I thought, wow, you know, that really encompasses um, everything I love in life. And I'm very interested in um, getting into that field. So I applied and got into Florida International University and did my undergrad there, but knew when I graduated that I did not want to stay in South Florida, but had a passion from the young age of moving to New York City. Mm-hmm. And so when the big uh, companies came to recruit, um, I was very open to going into any department just so that I could get to New York. Um, I typically, when colleges recruit, they um, recruit regionally. So if Marriott came to recruit, for example, uh, in South Florida, ideally they wanted to place you either in Atlanta, Orlando, Tampa, you know, Miami area. And then when Marriott would go to Cornell, they would place those students typically in the New York, Boston, East, you know, mm-hmm. East Coast, uh, Northern East Coast. But because I was willing to go into any department, that um, gave me a, a little bit of an edge on other people looking to get to New York. So um, I went into the management development training program, uh, started uh, in housekeeping at the World Trade Center and worked at the Marriott over there up until 9-11, um, unfortunately. And was then placed at the Marriott Marquis in Times Square, which is a 2,000-room property. Mm-hmm. Um, a fantastic experience to be able to work in um, such a large-scale operation and certainly gave me experience um, that I'll take forever. Um, but I knew I wanted to get into front office, and there was an opportunity at the W. These two W's don't exist anymore, but they were the court in Tuscany on 39th Street. And so in transitioning into the front office, that gave me another, um, you know, layer of experience and then some exposure to revenue management since I was involved with upselling and adjusting rates and doing the night audit. It really gave me a peek into um, what revenue directors and revenue managers do. So I enrolled in 
uh, my master's at NYU, where I picked the concentration of revenue management. Mm-hmm. I knew I didn't want to graduate with being uh, a front office manager, but wanted to pivot into revenue management. And an opportunity came up at Morgan's Hotel Group. And I joined Morgan's and stayed there for about eight years. Um really putting myself out there to be relocatable for task force and, you know, spent time in San Francisco for a couple of years, did some task force in Miami, in LA, and then um, lastly opened up the Mondrian Soho and did the Ames in Boston. And so, um, you know, I've had other positions throughout my career since Morgan's, but most recently with Arlo Hotels where I was one of uh, five people to start, launch, and build the brand. Um, Me specifically spending um, time and driving the revenue strategy and toolkit for the company. And so it was really great to take everything I've learned from my career prior to Arlo, what I liked, what I didn't like, and then be able to um, pick and choose what vendors to work with and apply all that knowledge to a brand new startup where it was like, a blank slate and we could, you know, play hotel and build a brand. And I think we built something we're all really proud of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so interesting. Uh, this is maybe my seventh or eighth episode. And uh, my favorite part, every episode is hearing the backstory of all my guests. Um, I've had seven different guests now and each person has had a different story of how they got to, to where they wanted to be when they grew up. And I just think it's a uh, really amazing. Your story also is, Really interesting. Um, I was just wondering, what is your what does your average day look like working for Arlo? My average day. Oh, well, there's not an average day really, because um, especially during the pandemic and COVID. But every day is a new opportunity and new challenges. We're trying to maximize all our streams of revenue. So um, whether that's in pre-COVID days and now coming out of you know, COVID, uh, analyzing a group that may come in over what dates, um, what hotels are reopening up in the market. You know, every day now, hotels are reopening. And so that means more inventory being available. But, you know, demand hasn't yet really increased. While we see the city start to get busy, and if you spend any time now going out for dinner or being in the West Village, you know, it's really busy and bustling. Mm-hmm. But occupancy and corporate business and group business is, is slowly returning. So the inventory is coming back before the demand, which, you know, makes us revenue directors um, need to be a lot more strategic and a lot more creative in how to capture business. And obviously, we don't want to just discount our rates because that will bring everybody down to the bottom. But it's you know, spending time to discover new partnerships, um, clients that we've never worked with, perhaps it's packaging our room with an experience that um, gives you some PR opportunities or lets you stand out from other hotels um, that will help you, you know, gain occupancy over your next door neighbor. Mm-hmm. But every day is really different. We have to, as a revenue director, you're really working with every single department. Because the revenue uh, team, you know, puts out the forecast each week for the next 21 days. Um, It's what 
the operational teams use to staff their departments, right? And so that's housekeeping. There's a quota for each housekeeper, how many rooms a housekeeper will fill. Well, that's all driven by the forecast that the revenue team puts forward. Same with the engineers. They decide how many rooms they could PM, which uh, stands for preventative maintenance. And so if occupancy is really, really high, that means there's less rooms that they can get into. But if it's dipped a little bit, uh, a little bit, they're able to, you know, get into more rooms and then they schedule accordingly. Same with Bellman and front office. So you're working very closely with the operations team. Then you're working very closely with the finance team because that forecast then drives all uh, other finances and expenditures from the hotel, right? So um, supplies that we buy, should we buy it this month? Should we buy it next month? What does the revenue team forecast in terms of revenues coming in? And that way um, we're able to be as profitable as possible. Mm-hmm. And then after the sales uh accounting and finance team, the, probably the department you work the closest with is sales. And we are providing the sales team with the best prices or rates to take to their clients to be able to capture the business. So really understanding the market, understanding your competitors, understanding historical information, and then also future trends, um, should be you should be able to arm the sales team or a sales manager with the best competitive rate to close, you know, the best piece of business on the date that you need it. Mm-hmm. And so that's really um, a full circle of how the revenue director works with every single department in the hotel, and it's a really um, unique role. And I feel so grateful that I have that operational experience within housekeeping in front office to be able to have that perspective when I'm doing, you know, my work. And it allows me to understand why the role is so important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's so long answer short, not a typical <laughs> day every day. <laughs> yeah, but that that's that's incredible. Your story is really, really interesting. And I mean, I, I would assume you're really busy every single day. But what what what? makes you love your job I I guess let me think of a better way to phrase that question but I guess what makes you want to wake up every day and do what you do what do you what what's your favorite part of your day slash what do you love the most about your job there's well there's the people and then there's also um seeing your results right so because I love people and I love hospitality you know working in a hotel you get to be around, you know, so many different cultures, different backgrounds. And so I personally love that. And that's why I loved housekeeping so much is like a complete melting pot. And at the time I was really young to be a manager. So it's like I had a bunch of like moms adopt me because I was living away from home mm-hmm. um, and have always carried that in my heart and love that and love that about the industry. But then specifically why I love revenue management is that, you know, you put a strategy into place, whether it's lowering the rate, raising the rate, working with a new partner, putting together a promotion, you can actually see the ROI of your strategy um, and if it worked, right? And all hotels or most hotels in the U.S. and around the world subscribe to uh, Smith Travel Research, which... Uh, abbreviated is SPR and it's the star report 
And what that is, is you uh, choose, let's say, five to seven hotels that you deem to be competitors of yours. Mm -hmm. And just everyone in the world in hotels submits their daily results to SDR. And then each week you will get a report that um, shows how you did compared to what your selected competitive set is. And of course, the competitive set is blended results. So you don't know who performed how, but it's, um, it's an average of the competitive set and shows um, your indexes and, and your contribution and how you're growing compared to last year or um, starting to steal share. And so what I love so much is that um, working really closely with the sales team on really strategic initiatives, you're able to see if those are working and if you're able to gain share and winning. And so um, I love that about it. And and you pivot, you know, if you're starting to lose share or um, not getting the desired results that you thought, then you re-strategize and you get back together and try and be creative and, and gain share. And so um, that's been really rewarding is to be able to see the real uh, time results of your effort. Yeah, yeah. And I think the great thing about, uh, I guess, graduating college is you got to do what you love every single day for the rest of your life. And I feel like when we're young, you know, we're, we have a very scheduled life that adults and people around us are putting together, whether it's school and uh, athletics and extracurricular activities and then we go into college where it's more scheduling and more classes but I think after we graduate college you really get to do something that you love and I think that's amazing and I think uh, I'm really excited to graduate high school and then graduate college and get on to something I love doing every single day. Um, I think we were talking about it earlier on about traveling and uh, most recently you mentioned COVID. How, how has COVID changed hospitals um, you know, I remember being uh, sitting on my couch like mid quarantine and and the random thought would come into my mind, like, how are hotels doing? Because, you know, no one's traveling. Uh, no one's leaving their homes even. So how, how are how are hotels doing? How are they making money? You know, what are they doing? Yeah. So. Initially, in when COVID first dropped, obviously everybody, you know, stayed home and um, didn't dare uh, travel for leisure, certainly, in those beginning months. So we were able to um, pivot, prospect, our sales team really dug deep to find um, the right people to connect with to um, offer our rooms at really discounted rates for um, first responders and uh, because we live in New York and the unknown and the hospitals um, were potentially, you know, going to be overrun with patients. um, There was a lot of staff brought into New York city. If you remember initially that cruise boat came Mm -hmm. into the port and Jacob Javits was being prepared as well as central park. Um, And so if the worst, did happen, they had to have all that staff ready to be on standby to, um, you know, treat all the potential um, people. And so we were able to partner with um, a health organization that was bringing in a lot of nurses and also administrative workers uh, that would be needed to run a hospital or a care facility. And we're able to fill up our hotels with that. And so 
um, we discounted quite heavily both to be able to give back and, you know, you certainly don't want to take advantage of anyone during a global pandemic, but it also allowed us to keep our doors open and keep our uh, team members employed, which I know everybody is super grateful for. You know, the hotel industry was one of the hardest hit in, in the world and, mm-hmm. and New York certainly thrives on tourism and a lot of my colleagues and, and friends that I've made throughout my years in the industry did lose their jobs or were furloughed or, you know, mm-hmm. permanently laid off. And it's really frustrating because you have all this talent and spent all this time, um, you know, g- gaining experience. And it's not that no one would hire you. It's just, there were no jobs, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, um, it's really uh, frustrating and relocating isn't even an option because it's like that, you know, everywhere mm-hmm. for yeah. New York, you know, once the, the worst was over in terms of by July, August, and we know the city was very lively with, you know, social action taking place and um, the weather started to get a lot nicer here. We started to see more demand come in, at least from the drive market. So we were able to take advantage of people that wanted to come spend the night coming in from, you know, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Connecticut, um, even Maryland and Rhode Island. And so we got to get some demand from um, the tri-state or more than tri-state area, the drive-in area. Mm -hmm. And what was different for us is, you know, usually leisure business is only, let's say, from a Thursday to a Monday, people coming in for weekends. But because people were either furloughed, laid off, or everybody was working from home without a set schedule or a set place to drive into, all of a sudden a Tuesday could be a Saturday, mm-hmm. especially in the Saturday in the in the summer. So um, we're able to capitalize on um, you know that leisure traveler now coming. Um, in the summer months, at least, uh, all days of the week. We, we never knew um, really how occupancy was going to be. We were using the past two weeks to really tell the future for us because the booking window had really shifted. You know, think about yourself when you're planning a trip. Um, usually, it's at least two weeks in advance. You're picking your restaurants and, you know, where you're going to be. But now with COVID, um, because, first of all, the travel restrictions always changing and then monitoring how many cases in the city you want to go to, the booking window really shortened to two days. And so um, we could see almost half our occupancy pick up in the day for the day by people deciding on a whim, you know what, let's go to New York today. Mm-hmm. And um, it's starting to get a little bit longer now, um, but still not back to that two-week-plus booking window just yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you mentioned the word frustrating, and I think uh, it's really important to know that, like you said, the hospitality industry was probably hit the hardest, especially hotels. So no one was traveling. But uh, a question I, I've asked my previous guests And I'm about to ask you is uh, what positives can be drawn from COVID? Because, you know, at the very base level, when COVID first hit, I was uh, frustrated as well. It was sort of hard to understand at that point. We had never been, I had never lived through a global pandemic. And so I didn't know what online school was going to mean for me. I didn't know what staying at home meant for sports. And so I think I was also really frustrated. But now, like, 
over a year later, after COVID, looking back at the situation, I spent a lot more time with my family than I would have had at all last year. And so I'm really, really grateful for that opportunity. I know my dad was working from home for a short period of time. And so I had to have three square meals with him every day for a couple months. So I was just wondering if there are any positive take backs from this whole COVID global pandemic time period. Personally, for me, um, there are quite a few. I feel so grateful that I was employed and had a steady paycheck, so can't be uh, thankful enough about that, because certainly, as I mentioned, a lot of my colleagues and friends were not in that situation. Um, Being employed during uh, a global pandemic in an industry that was probably one of the hardest hit was such an amazing learning experience because we had to be creative in ways to find occupancy, um, what, how to price our hotel. Um, you know, a lot of pressure was on my shoulders because as I said, you know, the forecast really projects, um, the schedule, right. And the schedule, um, projects how many people are going to be on a given shift. And so, Certainly, we wanted to drive our occupancy as much as possible with as aggressive rates as we could sustain financially so that as many team members as possible would be employed, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's a lot of pressure on one's shoulders and the executive team to make sure um, our strategies uh, deliver the uh, results. And so gratefully and thankfully, um, we did and everybody stayed employed. And, you know, because I was able to work through a pandemic, which hopefully we never go through again, but I do have the skill set now of where, how, what to do to be scrappy to drive occupancy in a crisis that could be happening either locally or, you know, national, mm-hmm. you know, on the world stage. And so I am grateful that I worked and got that experience. Not everybody did. Um, And similarly to you getting to spend time um, with your dad specifically and family, I, with everybody working from home at, um, you know, mid-June of 2020, I went to go stay with my parents and worked uh, from Florida for about three months. And, um, you know, I would have never been able to spend that time with family Um, so intimately for such an extended amount of time without the pandemic happening. And so I'm very grateful for that. And then also, I think it's, you know, sort of changed the world and the industry about everybody having to go into an office to achieve, you know, the results that we think will only work if we all are in person. Mm -hmm. And so um, I think that's also been a good thing that, we could be a little bit more fluid and relaxed and perhaps that will help people's work-life balance of not having to waste, you know, two hours a day commuting into an office um, and being able to spend a little bit more time with your family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think another positive uh, or a benefit from COVID for me as well was I think I've just become a lot more grateful. I actually... I'm a pretty competitive squash player, and so I actually traveled to Philly and stayed in a, in a hotel a couple of weeks ago. And just seeing people working after this really extended work from home and quarantine, I think I've just I've I've really I, I've be, I'm beginning to see how hard people are working to even keep their jobs. And so I think 
um, along with a lot of other people, I think I'm just a lot more grateful and the the way I, I look at situations and people and doing their jobs is a much more in a much more grateful manner. A hundred percent. You know, when I flew in June, it was my first time flying. Um, obviously, since the pandemic started, and I'm someone that used to fly maybe two, three times a month. Mm-hmm. But in June, when I flew, and um, all the flight attendants just kept saying, thank you. Thank you for your business. Thank you for trusting us to get you there safely. Mm-hmm. Um it was actually really emotional because, you know, those that were traveling, their their preferred method of travel in the height of the pandemic was short-term, drivable, or long. You know, I have friends that drove to the West Coast, but people mm-hmm. didn't want to get on airplanes. Yeah. And, you know, really, the flight attendants and pilots and, you know, people that worked in the airport were really hard hit. And so when they were being so grateful... I think everybody starts to cheer up on that flight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I guess uh, one last question before we uh, hang up here is just uh, a little more lighter. But what advice would you give to someone young who's young and wants to get into the hospitality industry, specifically hotels? Well, I would say that as early as you can, um, apply to do an internship where you can, how you can, um, and spend time, you know, uh, whatever department it is, um, assisting and learning. Whatever you learn in school is great in theory, um, but that hands-on experience is really what gives you a leg up. The other thing that I would say that really worked for me actually to launch my career was networking, networking, networking. Mm -hmm. When I finally got to New York and then uh, enrolled at NYU in the master's program, again, the theory and whatever I learned in class was important, but... Uh, what I love about NYU is that a lot of their professors are adjunct professors, which means they are not professors by career. They are mm-hmm. currently working in the industry, um, most likely in New York City. And so those networking opportunities and relationships are um, so valuable. And that's really how I got my job into Morgan's Hotel Group, because my professor um, knew someone who worked there. And so because of that connection, I was able to land uh, a revenue analyst role. And so one of the reasons why I am now an adjunct professor at NYU was first to give back and then also provide those opportunities to, you know, students similarly to what I received when I was a student there. Mm -hmm. And, um, I would say networking, networking, your fellow students in your classroom. Don't just go to class, pay attention, and then leave. Really get to know those students in your class because whether it's not in a, you know, a month after graduation, could be five years after graduation, you never know where people land. Mm-hmm. And so to stay in touch and um, know everybody that's around you is really important. And then similarly, um, Really, if you're able to get FaceTime with your professors, 
uh, they're usually connected within the industry. And so that's really key as well, because, um, you know, sending a resume is just step one of getting a job. It's a lot of times who you know, or the experience you've had, or know someone that knows someone. And so um, networking as much as possible, and then as many internships as you can. And perhaps if you're able to get into an internship, that's not just specifically in one um, department, but if you're able to you know, go from department to department to really um, get a sense of what you really enjoy. You might think something is one way, but it's, it's, it's completely opposite. You know, for housekeeping, I was a manager, but I wasn't cleaning rooms. You know, I was mm-hmm. doing payroll. I was doing scheduling. I was doing purchasing, um, inspecting rooms, working closely with the front office in terms of, you know, driving the best experience for the guests. Um So you might think you want something, but then you'll experience another department and um, realize you might be more well-suited. The amazing thing about the hotel industry is that within one roof, you could almost have, um, you know, endless amount of career opportunities. There's an engineering department, right? And so that's not specific to hotels, but you can land in the engineering um, department and, and really flourish uh, and then go into the construction development side. You can end up in housekeeping and operations and then, you know, grow into a senior VP of operations for a brand. You go into sales, you go into marketing. And nowadays, um, when I started out, you know, social media wasn't a thing and even revenue management wasn't a thing when I first started out. Mm-hmm. But there's so many different roles within the hotel building itself that it's like a mini um, environment of like all all different jobs and, and experiences and roles that you can get into that you wouldn't normally think would be available um, within one building. And so that, that's an amazing um, opportunity in terms of internships if you're able to um, get one that goes through all the departments. I would recommend that for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, and that's some great advice. I feel like a lot of adults I speak to these days, they're always recommending taking internships in, in uh, industries that you're really interested. But um, yeah, thank you so much for your time today. We were just talking about how grateful people are these days, and I'm really, really grateful for your time today. I know you must be really busy, and uh, I had a great time with you today. Thank you so much. I'm so glad we could do this, and enjoy your summer. And um anyone that's listening feel free to reach out ryan has my information and um i'm glad we could spend this time together yeah thank you so much have a good weekend okay ryan